Voice of St. Louis original podcast. We've got a lot of late-breaking stories in St. Louis to get to, so let's start off with the St. Louis All Local from KMOX. Today is Thursday, December 28th. I'm Michael Calhoun. Our top local story is first up, the weather. There's no snow in the heart of the St. Louis region right now, but more is on the way. Here's KMOX meteorologist Dave Murray. Michael, we're waiting for our second batch of wet snow dropping in from the north. It will start to take hold as we go through the evening hours. I think most of the snow is going to be from about 8 o'clock tonight until first thing in the morning. A half inch to an inch on the grassy surface. Again, it's a wet snow. Evening temperatures will be above freezing. I'll have the forecast for you in a couple of minutes. The body of a St. Louis mother of four had been missing since last week has been found by Illinois State Police a day after her boyfriend admitted to her murder. Norvette Chavez, Williams' mother, reported her missing just days before Christmas after she claimed that she dropped off her children at daycare but never picked them up. She does a twelve-hour shift and she normally be here about 7.30, no later than about 7.35. And she wasn't, and maybe about... 745 is when I started like, okay, I texted her. Markeisha Williams' boyfriend, Trenton Ivey, confessed to law enforcement in Wisconsin to murdering her. Francis Howell's board president and superintendent have agreed to reinstate the black history and black literature electives. Last week, we told you the Francis Howell Board of Education voted 5-2 to two to remove courses that teach concepts from critical race theory. Board President Adam Bertrand tells KMOX there will be a new curriculum drawn up for these classes. The big issue, which is what we voted on, we actually didn't vote through, revoke any, any of the, um, the coursework themselves, the classes themselves. We rescinded the approval for the social justice standard um, that was used to create the coursework. Um, and even a number of us made the statement that we'd, we'd be glad to see the courses return or continue if we took that standard out. To ensure there's no gap, high schoolers would be able to register for these classes when enrollment opens in January. Maybe the fourth time's the charm, a Sedalia lawmaker takes another swing at open enrollment. The bill passed the House three times but failed to pass the Senate. State Rep Brad Pollitt says under this bill, parents could move their children from one district to a neighboring one. It is an opt-in program where if a school district opts in, then that school district's determined what grade level they'll take kids in, how many kids they'll take in that grade level. If they don't opt in, it means they won't accept any kids from surrounding districts, but that doesn't keep them from losing kids out of their district. A school couldn't lose more than 3% of its students under open enrollment. School districts that are 85% minority could limit that loss to 1%. Debbie Monterey, KMOX News. The Missouri State Auditor's audit of the Circuit Attorney's Office continues. Scott Fitzpatrick says there are still interviews that need to be done with people who worked for Kim Gardner. So if, there, if there's criminal acts that are uncovered as part of the audit, then that would be referred then back to for prosecution. And, um, you know, we're at the point we're at right now, it looks like severe mismanagement, severe incompetence. Um, nothing necessarily that is, uh, you know, a violation of a, of a criminal you know, criminal nature. Illinois ranks sixth in the country for fentanyl-related deaths. New laws take effect Monday designed to drop that number through education. One law requires schools to keep on campus bottles of Narcan, the medicine that can reverse opioid overdoses. Also, starting with the next school year, fentanyl education will be mandatory for high school health classes. Another law allows stores and pharmacies to sell fentanyl test strips over the counter. 
Supporters say these measures change the message from just say no, which really hasn't worked, to be aware of the dangers, be prepared for overdoses, and be safe. Scott Jagow, KMOX News. Another year, another attempt at eliminating the twice-a-year time change in Missouri. State Representative Jamie Gregg has pre-filed a bill in the Missouri House that would make daylight saving time the new standard time, even if the bill becomes state law. Congressional approval would be required for Missouri's switch to permanent daylight saving time. The St. Louis Zoo. Get a zoo perspective. At the St. Louis Zoo, a 19-year-old Sumatran orangutan gave birth to her first baby this weekend, making history as the first orangutan born at the zoo in nine years. The newborn is a result of breeding. Zoological manager Helen Boostrom says Ruby is a first-time mother and is doing an excellent job caring and providing for her baby. The animal care team has not been able to identify the sex of the baby as it's bonding with their mother right now. The team plans to name the animal later. The History Museum has a rare exhibit. They're inviting you to come in and color every inch of the walls of the coloring STL exhibit. Sam Moore, Managing Director of Public History for the Missouri Historical Society. Big old whiteboards covering the walls, images of historic St. Louis buildings and contemporary St. Louis buildings, and there's 174,000 square inches to color. Admission is free. The KMOX business desk paying your property taxes could take some time. Maybe about an hour. Uh, about 45 minutes. About an hour and 15 minutes. With just days remaining in the calendar year, many St. Louisans are descending on City Hall hoping to pay off their property taxes in time. Assessor Michael Dauphin says they handle about 200 people a day this time of year. A little over 200 people each day, um, up to 300, and we anticipate 1,000 in-person visitors this week. Uh, that's what we're on track for right now. Dauphin encourages other methods like paying over the phone or online. He adds that if you have to pay in person, you can check in with their online queue. Sean Malone, KMOX News. As we continue on KMOX, there's a new revelation about what shoppers are doing when they hit the grocery aisles. Walmart says they are value hacking. Let's find out exactly what that means from senior reporter on the retail desk at Business Insider, Dominic Reuter. Thank you so much for taking our call, Dominic. Thanks for having me, Michael. Yeah, so tell us what uh, the Walmart says is happening when it comes to uh, shoppers and what is value hacking? Well, the value hacking is uh, this fun little thing that I think you probably have done it without thinking about it, but um, our the idea is that you're sort of mixing and matching um, store brand and premium brand products for the same meal. So the popular example would be, you know, to to buy some 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 store brand pasta to put your fancy Rao's marinara sauce or or whatever you know Newman's own to to top it with. So um, springing. Splurging for the for one nice part of your meal and then saving on another element of it. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people anecdotally saying that they've been buying more uh, store brands than they've they usually would have uh, recently, and uh, that some are good, some are bad. It's kind of trial and error. So it sounds like people are saying either this part of the meal is just going to be standard. The pasta is the pasta, so I'll get that. Uh, it's the sauce that's uh, different depending on the brand, or maybe they've uh, they've tried out different store brands and they found one they like. Yeah, I mean, there's a, a wide range. I think you know some things can be really well replicated. I think you know Walmart and Target and Costco and you know all the major carriers, major retailers, put a lot of effort into making a high quality and satisfying store label brand. They call it their private label, and they they want it to be good and they want it to meet or exceed the standards that that you would have 
you know, from a name brand offering, the trick is getting people to convince, you know, convinced to try it out. Um, and, and, and rising prices and inflation has convinced a lot of people to try it out because it can cost, you know, something like half the price, uh, for this, for a very similar item. And then you realize, huh, this is actually quite satisfying. Now there are things that they don't replicate precisely. And for those things, then people will splurge. What is the, uh, the difference? It, it, it seems like we've seen the prices of things with a brand name go up a lot more than things that are generic. That's true, because uh, the, the retailers who are selling these sort of generic private label brands, they are, you know, really looking to move uh, a higher volume top line sales. They want to get those sales out the door. Uh, part of the challenge that was happening in the inflationary moment that was going on for the last couple of years, finally calming down, but uh, you, you have a lot of companies in the chain that are elevating their prices, the consumer packaged goods companies, the, the raw material suppliers, all of those costs get sort of bumped up. And so at this point, several years on, you've got quite a few people that have put on their little mm, uh, profit <laughs> along the way. And all of that has to get unwound over time. Now there's fewer players in those store label ones. And so that's why they're able to come bring those prices down a little bit more quickly uh, than the CPG companies. Now, something else that people are thinking about right now is uh, whether it's price adjustment, uh, something might be a lower price because of a post-Christmas sale, or maybe you got something uh, for the holiday that uh, you'd like to exchange for something else. Uh, is that, a, it, that has to be a huge thing uh, this time of year. Is there anything that people need to know uh, as they head out for those kinds of missions? Um, price adjustment missions can be, uh, you know, that, that, that one's a, a um, let's see. What I would say about price adjustments is that, you know, each store has their own policies, their own ways of, of, uh, of making sure that you're satisfied. I think, you know, when it comes to physical products and so forth, you'll, you'll have to sort of read the fine print there. Um, with groceries, obviously groceries are use it and usually pretty consumable. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I think, you know, knowing, I think people shouldn't be too surprised if retailers put up a little bit of friction, uh, you know, right now to to sort of slow that inflow of returns, because a lot of people do buy a lot of things and they may need to charge you a small fee uh, or or some kind of restocking fee that, that I understood as what I, was what I'm hearing will come. Um, it may start to show up a little bit because of sort of the, the sheer volume of returns that can come through during the post-holiday season. Um, but generally speaking, uh, you know, most companies will try to, you know, either have the best price or match a competitor's price. And, you know, if you need to find a deal somewhere in the store, then, then you know, the best place that you're probably going to see it is, is in the grocery aisles right now. Well, the senior reporter on the uh, retail desk at Business Insider, Dominic Reuter, thank you so much for uh, helping us uh, get informed as we head out to the store and also introducing us to Value Hacking. All right, Michael. Thank you. Happy New Year. Thank you for joining us. You can subscribe and get the latest automatically by searching for St. Louis All Local on your favorite podcast app.